Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Next question. It's a legitimate question. Next question. No, I think we won't keep the microphone. I had a question for Steve. I had a question for Steven. Barry Trammell mixing it up with Russell Westbrook at a press conference. I love Barry. Now all I want to ask him about is this Oklahoma State turf that probably messed up Jalen Hurts' Eagles. Yeah, new rule. Don't brag about the turf ever. All of those back padding articles. This is George Toma. He's 106 years old, but he knows everything about the turf. And they, they've been working on this turf for two years. Cost him $800,000. Yeah, it's the, it was awful. And it, it, it almost ruined the entire Roger Bozart. No, it was George Toma. Roger knows, Roger knows what's up. Yeah, there's a fight over who's the sod father. People are calling George Toma the sod father. And we know Roger Bossard as the sod father. And it just reminded me of who the actual Bozo was. Because remember, Bozo was always Larry Harmon in New York. But in Chicago, our Bozo was Bob Bell, who became Joey Doria, but was but was originally Bob Bell. And so when I heard that, that Larry Harmon was also staking claim to Bozo, it it... it, it it, I, I didn't understand it. Now, I didn't like Bozo. I didn't care because I hated Bozo because Bozo was stupid and the show sucked and it was everything was bad about it. And Chicagoans who remember Bozo fondly can go have it. No, thank you. You're, this is just another plank at a very dangerous platform of opinions. Well, no, Bozo sucked. It sucked. It sucked. It sucked. It was Man. bad. It was bad. The Bozo Buckets game was bad. It wasn't funny. The cartoons were old and weird. And, and, and coming on the if heels you, of Ray Rayner, Ray Rayner was was so far superior to anything. And people are like, you know, it's going to take 10 years to get tickets to Bozo. Take your stupid kid to Bozo. I I don't want tickets. I don't want to go. Now I live right next to it. Damn. I, 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 I seriously live on Honorary Bob Bell Way. It's some sort of, of, of karmic balance. Dan, your Bozo opinion combined with your Nick Madrigal opinion, combined with what you told us in the pre-show meeting, combined with your Field of Dreams opinion. Well, that, this is all. If we put it right. all together, oh, fine. I just, I, it's gonna happen at some point, but I don't know that I need to be here for the powder keg of, of most people realize male emotional response. Most when you people put it all together. Realize Bozo sucked, and most Chicagoans are just afraid to admit it because you're supposed to like it. You're, so, you're just as, oh, yeah, it's nostalgia for when I was a kid. Not for me, because when I was a kid, I thought it was dumb and not funny. Just it just to... wasn't funny. There were so many funny things on television that that wasn't one of them. And if you got all these cartoons, show the cartoons Ray Rayner shows. They, he's got the good cartoons. And you got the stupid ones, the animated bozo. That's even worse than regular bozo. The animated one with Butchie Boy or whatever that was, a weird little sidekick. He's, eh. I mean, seriously. Come on, man. You're going to be a creepy clown and his adolescent sidekick? Well, this will be fun. This with the, the next six minutes and... of unfunny jokes. All right, so Barry Trammell <laughs> was on the score. I thought you meant us. <laughs> Well, if the shoe fits. Uh, Barry Trammell of the Daily Oklahoman was on the score earlier, and this was his scouting report when asked about what Russell Westbrook is and has now and what he could give the Bulls. Billy didn't really mess with Russell's status as emperor of Oklahoma City. Um, <laughs> that was different, but that, I think but that's a different situation then than what I think you have in Chicago. I don't claim to be an expert on the Bulls, but 
that was a team that could win at a pretty high level. This Chicago iteration appears to not be that kind of roster. The, the biggest thing is this, from 23 here, 23 to Russell Westbrook, say 2017, 2018, uh, this is a different Westbrook. Turns out that time, possible exception of Tom Brady and LeBron James, time is undefeated. And it has robbed Westbrook of some of the things that made him special and made him great. He's not as explosive as he used to be. He's not as physically imposing as he used to be. And that was a big part of his game. You have a very well-documented past with Russell Westbrook because he, the way he treated you uh, specifically, and, and I think that he could be polarizing. And you're right, time is undefeated, and maybe it has humbled him a little bit. But based on your experience or based on what you know of him as a person, what kind of impact you think he would have even in a short period of time a remainder of this season in that locker room in this market on that team well I think he would he would be an instigator that might not be a bad thing with Chicago I think he would uh, create some chaos you know I wouldn't bring him into the Bucks or the Celtics or the you know the Grizzlies you know Denver I don't. I don't think I'd add him to one of those rosters. But somebody that that should have a pulse and doesn't, he's going to change things around. There's not any question about that. Russell is a very imposing personality, and some of that is without saying a word. He just, you know, he likes things a certain way, and he generally gets has gotten his way. You know, I don't know if he still does or not. If he doesn't, he won't like it. So he would instigate things. He would be, uh, you know, throwing some uh, throwing some spice into the soup, so to speak. So if if Chicago is just trying to find a flair to try to get something changing, they could do worse than Russell Westbrook. But if they're expecting any kind of high level basketball improvement or basketball fix, that's unlikely. Spice in the soup. God, I love Barry. That man is nonplussed. He also had a story that it was illustrative of Westbrook's personality. The characters involved are Russell Westbrook, Reggie Jackson, and our friend Darnell Mayberry, who was his colleague then and writes here for The Athletic Now. Classic Russell Westbrook story that I tell. This is from the early days. This would have been 14 or 15, maybe 13. I can't remember. But anyway, Reggie Jackson was a young player, the backup point guard at the Thunder, and a very good player for a young guy. And we were in the uh, locker room after a game, and uh, Darnell Mayberry, who covers now, the, covers the Bulls for the Athletic, yeah. was our Thunder beat writer in those days. Darnell's on deadline. We're sitting around waiting on Russell Westbrook because he, you know, he, you get to talk to him about hour and a half after the game. He takes so long. So... Uh, the Thunder had a couple of open chairs in the locker room, chairs in front of empty lockers. Darnell sits in one and is finishing up his story. And Westbrook's sitting there finishing, getting dressed. And he looks across the room and yells, hey, Darnell, no sitting in that chair. So Darnell Mayberry gets up and sits down in the corner. Reggie Jackson, a first or second year player, takes his chair and rolls it over to Darnell Mayberry and says, sit in my chair, Darnell. And I've often thought of that, what it took for Reggie Jackson to fly completely in the face of Russell Westbrook. 
a year or two later, we realized that the two of them didn't get along, facilitated a, a trade out of Oklahoma City for Jackson. But I just I, that was very revealing to me that here's a, here's a superstar, and here's a young guy just willing to buck him just because he's had enough of, of the constant mess that or the constant personality overbearingness that Russell Westbrook brings to a place. Six weeks, maybe he wouldn't be that kind of uh, long-lasting impact. But you've got to know that's sort of what you're signing up for. Mm-hmm. What I find interesting is we haven't even addressed the fact that this is a man who has an established relationship with Billy Donovan. Like and- that That's... Secondary compared to the personality that he's had. Yeah, and he did not give Billy Donovan some sort of over-the-top mega endorsement either. I think I think Barry did a nice job describing exactly what Billy Donovan is. A good coach. Oh, I'm saying Russell Westbrook's relationship with Donovan. And if we believe the, the, the reporting so far, Donovan has reached out via back channels to try to entice Westbrook to come to Chicago. I believe everything that I hear when it came to that situation in Oklahoma City, having worked with the Thunder a little bit, but still being on the outside, but being adjacent where I was in Austin, just because you hear stuff when you're covering the NBA. And those three teams, the Texas teams in Oklahoma City, were all pretty, you know, you just, you cover enough teams, you hear about it. The Thunder played the Rockets in one of the years of the playoffs that I was there. And there was an article that had come out about how notoriously anti-media the Thunder were and not the players so much as the people running it, Hmm. which is... Which is a weird stance to have in that market. Correct. But they had never had a professional team. They're used to everything being run by sports information directors at the University of Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. So it it was a very different departure. I know that they had the Pelicans for a minute because of what happened with the hurricane, but it was a different setting for them. They, so, had the, they, they did have the Oklahoma City Cavalry in the CBA during the, the heyday of the CBA. But this was a different deal. Henry Bibby coached them. Oh, wow. That's taken back a little bit. But this is a different deal. So I think the relationship with the Thunder players was more adversarial than it had to be hmm. because of how their, their PR people inflated it unnecessarily what a what a weird flex for an an expansion or a team that's moving to a small market and trying to prove itself you'd think you'd you'd really want to ingratiate yourself yeah and it was quite the opposite made them out to be the bad guys and you know in college that's run completely differently and i think that was the preference for a lot of people i don't think it's like that as much now can i ask you something did they hire from colleges, or did they hire NBA people? I'd have to look. And I wonder I know who, who came, the people are, but how I'm many not people sure. came from Seattle. Now, granted, the Oklahoma, the University of Oklahoma SID staff is one of the best in the country at what they do. And their athletic director to me was one of the best in the country at what he did, Castiglione. But just a totally different operation. You know, it's guys going off scripts, it's you getting who you're allowed to get. It's and you're seeing that seep into the NBA game a little bit, but I think that's something to also keep in mind here. I also never thought I'd say this, but after what happened in L.A., keep in mind Russell Westbrook is a UCLA guy. I ended up feeling sorry for him. What, the like Westbrook how he was, stuff? How he was treated by fans and just 
even some of the questions back and forth with the media, I very much think that there's truth. Uh, like, listen, he's, he can be too sensitive at times. That's 100% the case. But I don't know how you come away from that situation in L.A. and not feel for the guy. At least a little bit. Now I'm thinking about Oklahoma City again. That's the only place I ever sang karaoke. It's, it's an, it's, it can be fun. I also want to bring this up, by the way, because this is a quote that I came across during my NBA sabbatical where I didn't talk to anybody about my basketball thoughts and it sucked. Just listen to this quote on its own. Fast forward to today. I don't look like the quitter. I knew what was going on and I just decided I'm not built for this. One of the most salient quotes I've heard in quite some time about, frankly, anything. That's James Harden talking about why he requested a trade out of Brooklyn. Read it again. Fast forward to today. I don't look like the quitter. I knew what was going on, and I just decided I'm not built for this. Okay. But that's kind of having it both ways. If you you were just the first one to get out of there because you were able to to but, see the canary in the coal mine. But people were calling him a quitter. And I do think there's something to somebody who sees the red flags before everybody else. I am talking about a million different things right now, and I don't even care. This moment of unlikely brilliance is brought to you by James Harden. The flaming lips are from Oklahoma City, says the 773. All right, cool. Wayne Coyne and, and his band. That's also, oh, that was the hotel when the barrel racers were in town. The barrel racers will be in town in Oklahoma City. That is and, guaranteed. And they like to party. Can you blame them? They the, live their lives dangerously. The, the barrel racers, the, these were these were confident women with giant belt buckles and flannel shirts and, and throwing them back. Oh yeah, I had friends who did that in high school, like growing up. Yeah, these were pros though. These were they, these were seasoned vets. With all due respect, some of my friends were. Too. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. In high school? Doing oh yeah. You, oh, you start that stuff young. Yeah, they were competing for money. That would be a professional, correct? Uh, yeah, I didn't. I I didn't know. Oh heck yeah! This this it was quite a scene in that bar. Like that was like oh, it, was, it felt like it was like a Blues Brothers or something. But uh, yeah, that was cool. Oh, the 309 listener is also from Oklahoma City. Rock on. Sweet. All right. I mean, awesome. I'm I'm from Denton. It's pretty close. It's three hours. We are waiting to get word out of White Sox camp as to what the situation is or isn't, frankly, with Mike Clevenger, who is in uniform, who is scheduled to talk. According to reporters, they have been informed that Clevenger is going to answer questions. I don't know if it's how controlled any of these respective environments are going to be. Uh, Rick Hahn or elsewhere, not exactly even sure of the format, if he's going to be on a podium at a lectern, at a table, or just out on the field, in the dugout, in the crush of microphones. So that usually has something to do with it as far as how, how the questions are going to be asked and whether or not Rick Hahn is speaking for the White Sox or not, or just speaking for himself. These are all questions that for which we don't have answers. We don't. We're waiting. And now I'm trying to think if I actually want Russell Westbrook on the Bulls, and I still don't have an answer. I I, I think for a, from a content perspective, <laughs> it would be great. I really do. Sure. Especially if we when you host a Bulls podcast, your co-host one, and you you want stuff to talk about that doesn't end up devolving into the same issues that we're trying to you know, when we grab AK by the lapels and shake him and say, "Hey, look at your team. Look at what they do. Look at what they don't do over and over again." It, it can it can wear on you i wouldn't mind something different but to actually think that the 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 
the folly of Russell Westbrook here is going to do anything to radically alter their proximity to a title? Come on. I think they'd have more assists and fewer turnovers. It depends who has the ball. I know. I used to think that any Russell Westbrook team with, like, say, James Harden, there wasn't enough ball for anybody. But they they can make it work. He's made it work. Okay. You've I love more, ball. You have more confidence than I. I used to hate him. But, like, I, I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> 